Welcome, welcome to another episode of Fan Holes Toku Thursdays. Hey guys, what's going on? It's time to switch on again because we're going to be talking about Android Kikaida. This is Derek, Derek WC, your host, and joining me tonight is one of my fellow Fan Holes. Why don't you give a switch on shout out? Hey, this is Justin Zero One. So yeah, okay, so uh, continuing the wonderful tradition, I don't know if this is such a long-winded title, but the Wikipedia title of Kikaida Episode 3 is The Accursed Orange Ant's Deadly Challenge, and I guess the official DVD box set title is Orange Ant Challenge to the Death. The synopsis is, although hindered by the sound of Professor Gill's flute, Jiro changes into Kakaida in order to battle Orange Ant. So we, we open in the episode, and basically buried under the earth, this creature rises up out of the earth, and it's Orange Ant, and he's basically right outside a lighthouse. And so this poor lighthouse keeper, he's got this naggy wife, and she's <laughs> like, wake up, I hear this, like, really loud insect it, or whatever. Here, here's my thought on that. She's like, I hear an insect, but I was like, well, Japan must have some really weird insects because that sounds nothing <laughs> like an insect. It's like some kind of weird, like, crying, mooing sound. I was like, what? <laughs> I, 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 I like how, like, not only did she know it was an insect, but, like, it sounds kind of gigantic, you know? Like, <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. I'm all, if it's that gigantic, I mean, you know. And so this poor bastard, he goes down, like, the lighthouse stairs or whatever, right? And, man, poor dude, like, he gets, like, beat the fuck up. And then eventually, like, you talk about this is not your, you know, father's Power Rangers or whatever. You know, Orange Ant, basically, his ability is to secrete this purple goo, basically. It's kind of like, God, I don't know what. It's like it's like grape soda, right? <laughs> and, and the grape soda is, is acid, basically, and it eats away, like, at walls, at steel, and, and eventually, like, you've seen it. Like, he's missed a couple times where it's like it gets, like, the, the lighthouse railing or whatever, and, and you can see, like, it's totally melting away. And then the minute it gets on this guy's poor PJs, you're like, oh, man, this lighthouse keeper is so fucked. 
and like his whole like chest like melts away and stuff basically and then and then the wife is like screaming and everything and then basically you know it cuts to professor gill and he's kind of chuckling like ha 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 we totally succeeded in our master plan which i guess you know the lighthouse is is designed to of course you know, help ships and everything that are coming to this town. I don't know why Dark wants to fuck up this particular town's shit, but apparently it's part of their master plan. And so the whole lighthouse is basically destroyed. And and it's pretty, I mean, you know, well, you know, like Justin says, it's a cardboard lighthouse. It's okay. But, you know, but it, it is it is totally destroyed beyond repair. So there there's not going to be any boats getting guided by lighthouses anytime soon. And, and then we cut to Jiro who is coming out of the water in a wetsuit. And basically, he's been barehanded fishing, according to the dialogue from Matsaru, because he's like, you don't even need a fishing pole. You know, so I guess that's part of his Android skills, you know, besides, you know, all the things that we were talking about on previous episodes, Jiro can also barehand fish. <laughs> Jiro, basically, I guess, you know, see, I, I think the show is, is more lighthearted in terms of its differences between say androids and human beings like they don't play up too much of the pathos i mean there there is some dramatic element to it that we're going to come to later but you know he's kind of nonchalant he's basically like hey you know what i don't need to eat fish luckily all i need is this and he's got like a little battery or something and he just like opens up his chest sticks it right in and it's kind of like mm-hmm, you know I got my, my nutrients for the day or whatever, and, and nobody really kind of bats their eye at that. Like, it's not like anybody's freaking out about that particular moment. Whereas later, there's some, some interesting pathos that goes on that you think they would have freaked out about that rather than, you know, that he won't, you know, pretend to eat fish or something like that. I, I'm just pointing this out because I know I, I talked about the whole aspect of, you know, is Masuko and, and Jiro, are they... Are they brother and sister, you know, are they in some kind of relationship? She's kind of lovingly, like, you know, she's kind of wiping him down, you know, with the towel, like, kind of drying him off and everything. And even Matsaro's kind of like, oh, this is icky girl <laughs> shit. Like, I'm not going to watch this. So it does kind of lead credence to the idea, like, they're not brother and sister type. Like, they're definitely playing it up as, like, even though he's an android, like, she definitely, you know, kind of sees him, you know, in in some kind of you know, there, there's something romantic going on there, just a little bit. I mean, if, if, if Masaro thinks it's icky, like, there's there's a little something going on there. They, uh, so. they do talk about his name. Apparently, Jiro means second brother, and they this is the first time they mention the older brother. Like, apparently, Dr. Kelmyoji had another son called Taro, and he died, and... I know... He, yeah, I think I think they said it was, what was technically, what was it, second son? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I know Taro becomes important later on, so I, I thought I would just kind of point out this is the first time he's mentioned and we get a little bit more backstory about the Komuji family. Yeah, it's interesting because since you brought up Taro, you know, and, and how they explain about how they had an older brother named Taro in the Toku series, in this live action series, they explain how, you know, he was part of an environmental protection league and, and then he was killed in this wildfire, but they are pretty sure it was sabotaged by Dark you know, the dark caused his death, but they don't really go into a whole lot of detail, like, in this episode or anything, and in, in the manga, the first son's name is actually Ichiro, yeah. instead of Taro, 
And then, and then, you know, there he is a a member of the Environmental Protection League, but they go into great detail about that. Mm -hmm. Like, basically, you know, they, they, they explain how, you know, how he was murdered by Dark and he was basically like, you know, keeping tabs on them and everything. And so, you know, the whole reason why Komoji decided to create Kakaida in the first place was he's like, oh, well, I want, I want a son that can't be murdered by Dark. You know, and he'll he'll right the wrongs that that Ichiro couldn't do, or I guess you know, in this live action case, that Taro couldn't do. And and then there's a lot more stuff that I guess is kind of weird that didn't make it into the the television show about you know how you know Doctor Gill was the one who financed all the research, and he's the one who introduces Doctor Komoji to his second wife, which I guess makes Ichiro and Mitsuko and Matsaro like half brother, half sister type yeah. thing. You know, and and so, you know, and and it turns out the second wife is a spy for Gil. Like, there's all kinds of intricate little layers to the the manga. And so that's not really, you know, touched on very much, you know, in this live-action episode. But It's in the anime, though. Yeah, yeah. It always seemed to bother him, so I never pressed it. He said his first wife had died of some illness. He also said that they had a child together, a boy. His name was Ichiro. I guess that would make him my half-brother. Ichiro died in an accident. Father never told us any more beyond that. I don't see how that helps you. Alright, so his first wife died, his first son Ichiro was killed in an accident, and then he gets remarried a while after that. The thing is, I done a little research, and what I found out is that apparently your mother, Chigusa Sakamoto, was introduced to your father by a man named Professor Gill. So then the, the body of the lighthouse keeper's wife that we were talking about, the naggy wife, she washes ashore while they're doing this fishing stuff. And Masara's like, oh, my God, like, there's a fucking lady body here, you know, or whatever. And then, of course, she, she gets woken up and she's saying, oh, well, there's going to be this great danger and everything. And so Jiro's, you know, riding off because he's like, I'm going to go combat this danger. And then, you know, Orange Ant shows up. And he's got all his dark drone henchmen, and they're basically trying to kidnap all these townspeople. And I guess the reason they give is they're, they're trying to harvest like all the the strong and smart people in town, I guess, and use them for their own means or whatever. And this one dude is like totally like freaked out and everything. He tries to run away. Man, he just is napalm on yeah. his back. Like, I mean, his back, like, explodes. And this is not, like, some guy in the Red Ranger suit with, like, a squib. Like, this is just a regular dude in a jacket, man. And he, I swear to God, his entire back is napalm by this, you know, Orange Ant, I guess, uh, besides shooting out the, the grape soda, it also fires, like, these missiles from his hands and everything. And he's just, poor dude is decimated. Like, he's dead. Meanwhile, this mother is yelling for her son named Yota. You know, she's like, Yota, Yota, where are you? You know, and he's like, I'm learning the force, Mom. No, but anyway, Yota uh, is basically a little kid. He's just seen this guy get napalmed to death, and he's like, freaked the fuck out, so he's run off and everything. And then, of course, we are again seeing the reoccurring character, Hattori Hanpei. But he he basically, like, it's funny, because I guess they, they all run into this... I think it's like an arcade or a bowling alley or something. I don't know what it is. Like, like it's some kind of recreational thing because I guess later on they're outside of a hotel. But they, they run inside, and the kid's trying to hide under the tables from all the drones that are looking for him. And Hattori's there, but he's 
basically trying to pretend he's a mannequin, you know, like he's like frozen. <laughs> the Dr. Strotoid's like, oh, it's just a dummy. <laughs> like, I kind of laughed at that when I was like, he is a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, he is a dummy. <laughs> you dummy. And so, you know, but but I guess, you know, Hattori eventually comes out of it and he's trying to distract these drones so maybe the little kid can get away. I, I think it's interesting. He, I guess another reason why maybe you might not like Hattori Hanpei is he, he definitely oversells himself. I mean, he's... He he's basically like I am a ninja and an ace pi, you know, and it's kind of like you are like for reals, okay, you know, like I mean, I guess he's a private investigator. Tell me but again I, how you're a ninja while you're hiding under the table with a little kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just like it doesn't seem like very ninjally if you're just like running away with a little kid. And so of course we come to. My favorite trope, it is Jiro, atop the high-rise hotel building, and he's strumming his cherry red guitar while poor Hante and this little kid Yoda are running for their lives. And so he, you know, he jumps down, and he's tossing all these destructoids into the hotel swimming pool. You know, it's like, get in the pool, bitch. And he, you know, knocks them upside the head and all that kind of stuff. I thought was interesting because because it, it's nothing quite as brutal as the manga you know it's not like he's trying to strangle Hattori to death or anything like that but after the boy gets saved the the devil flute you know Professor Gill's flute you know the annoying flute is played Hattori you know Hanpei comes up and he's kind of like hey are you okay like what's going on and at this point Jiro's just like get the fuck away from me and he, you know he kind of tosses him aside you know basically but you know it's not like you know, like I said, it, it, it's the closest you get to some kind of violence being perpetrated on a on an ongoing cast member when he's he's hit by the flu. Basically, I thought that was kind of a interesting thing to note. And then, of course, Orange Ann is trying to take advantage of the whole flute playing thing. You know, it's like that's that's basically when they're really hitting up Jiro pretty hard or whatever. And I get I guess the way Jiro like fakes them out is pretty clever because he acts like he's dead. You know, he's like, oh, you guys beat me. You guys are too tough for me. And then the flute stops playing. And then he's like, ha ha, suckered you. And then he can transform. And they do the whole three, two, one transformation sequence where he turns into Kakaida. He beats the shit out of Orange Ant. Like he's he's fucking really <laughs> taking his wallet in that yeah. one scene. Like I, I I like how you know he's doing like the double. He's like double chop, and he's doing all these other things and everything. And Orange Ant, of course, is is not a slouch either. You know he he actually nails him with some of the purple acid, and it gets all in his like chest and stuff. So it's like he's you know both of them are pretty gravely wounded, and the double chop I guess cuts off Orange Ant's arm, and so they're both. Pretty, pretty messed up after they have this initial skirmish. Conscience? Circuit? Gemini? Wait a minute, what is this? Before we were talking about, I guess, how some of the whole Frankenstein's monster aspect, you know, is really, really subtle in this. But some of it kind of comes up where, you know, they, they basically he has to go back 
you know, because he's, he's wounded, basically, and the only person who can really help him is Mitsuko, because, you know, she's her father's daughter, I guess, and, you know, knows how to patch him up. But one of the things she talks about, again, is, you know, his conscience circuit. And then, of course, in the manga, they describe it as the Jiminy circuit, and in the anime, it is the Gemini circuit, so I guess they don't get sued by Disney. But, you know, basically, whatever you want to call it, you know, she's the only one who can complete the conscience circuit. And this, I don't know, like, this this always kind of baffled me. I kind of wonder what your take on it is, Justin. Like, I get that that there's some kind of self-loathing there, you know, where it's like, oh, I don't want you to look at me, basically. You know, like, I, I don't want you to see me as a robot, you know, because you, you like washing my back, you know, or, or drying my back when I come out of the water. Like, like you know, we, we, did, we talked before about how, you know, Jiro is kind of his Brad Pitt mode, and, and Kakaida is kind of his Frankenstein mode, you know, and he's like, oh, I don't want you to see me, like, looking like a monster type thing. And I guess I can understand that. But, like, part of me, before I even understood the the whole Frankenstein concept from the manga, like, part of me just kind of took it as, well, Gil's flute is is Kakaida's kryptonite. So it's like, you know, the, the only reason why you wouldn't want to remove that element is so the writers have something to sort of, you know, torment, you know, some kind of conflict for Kakaida. So it's like the only reason why he doesn't have her fix the conscience circuit is so that the writers have an easy out, you know, where they can be like, hey, dude, Gil's playing his flute, so shit's fucked up, you know, and it's like, I I don't know that I always buy, you know, it's like, you know, it's interesting because, you know, even Masaru's like, I am against this. You know, and I'm like the little kid, like, and I'm just kind of like, he's against this? Like, yeah, like he's five years old. Like, what do you mean you're against this? Like, I was just kind of like, come on, dude. Like, this is kind of funny. But, you know, basically, I guess the idea is that he's kind of like, I am against it. I think of him as, as human as well. And, and and this is probably, you know, and, and even Mitsuko's like, yeah, I think of him as a human being, too. So, you know, we don't we don't have to make him feel bad or whatever. But in the meantime, you're like, it's not very you know, strategically, it's not very viable. You you would think it would be better to complete his conscience circuit so he could better help them. But for whatever reason, I guess mainly, you know, dramatic license and, 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 and writer stuff, you know, they, they do not ever, you know, they don't complete his conscience circuit. And even, even Jiro, you know, stops, stops her. And, and, and that's kind of when they explain about how, you know, how they had a brother, before Jiro existed and everything, you know, and, and, and basically, I guess, you know, his final word on it is, you know, Jiro kind of says, I know what I am, but I, I don't want you to see me like that. So I, I don't know that that's a very compelling argument on why they should, you know, not install or complete the conscience circuit, but I, I don't know. What's your take on that, Justin? I, I do see the kind of the way of thinking is, oh, well, it's it's a writer's out so that they can torture him. But I also think it's kind of interesting. It's like he he's comfortable somewhat with who he is. Like he knows that if he completes the circuit, it's going to change him, and he doesn't want you know he doesn't want to change further. Like he may not be comfortable with Mitsuko seeing him as a robot or you're touching his robot you know chest part or whatever. But like he he doesn't want to change further into like something else. That's the way I kind of see it. Like he's kind of nervous about it. Like yeah. if he if he does become completely, you know, 
if his conscience circuit is complete, then maybe she wants to get it on, and he's like not ready for that <laughs> that stage of commitment yet, or something. I, like, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about that, but maybe I don't know. I guess he thinks if he completes the circuit, it may make him I don't know less of a person than he already is, or more like the destruct toys that he has to fight. Like I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm not okay. really sure, but like okay. that's I just see it as him being like, well, I I somewhat am comfortable with who I am right now, and I don't want to. I don't want that to change. You, you don't want to jinx that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I can see that. I mean, that I, I that sort of makes sense. I, I just thought I'd bring up too that in the manga, like Mitsuko does attempt to fix the conscious circuit for a moment, and it's kind of an awkward scene where she's like, "All right, well, you know, take off your shirt," and then he's almost gonna like take off his tidy whities too. She's like, no, 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 you don't have to take off your underwear, you know, and all this other stuff. And then in the middle of that, like, that's when Gil plays his flute. And basically, it's less of a kind of kryptonite annoyance to his good guy stuff. It's more like it unleashes his abandon, I guess. Because it's like, immediately after that, he basically mounts her. You know, like he's going to get it, you know, he's going to rape her or something, you know, like that. That's kind of how I took it, where I was like, wow, that's kind of I, I I don't know. It's one of those things where you're like, whoa, Japanese, hang on, <laughs> like, hold, hold on there. But it, it's quite different from the TV series anyway, in that terms of, of why that didn't actually occur. But, you know, on the TV show, Jiro basically, you know, he takes off. You know, and, and, you know, even though his conscience circuit is not complete, he's still going to fight with Orange Ant. And it turns out Matsaru stows away in the sidecar because he's like, fuck this shit. I don't want to be left behind all the time. And so he's he's basically along for the ride. And then so, so they're kind of trying to follow him because they're trailing his purple grape soda to the forest. And it turns out that that's a trap. And the drones are attacking with these giant guns. The, the guns also shoot the purple grape acid soda, and Masaru ends up hurting his ankle, and he's like, ow, ow, you know, my ankle hurts. And then, of course, Kikaida busts out from Jiro, and he also busts out the whole rockets and stuff, so he can get Masaru out of danger and everything. And so I guess he kind of flies off again. It's kind of like one of those things where it's like he changes, but he skedaddles immediately after he changes. I guess, you know, mainly it makes a little more sense in this case. You know, he's trying to protect the boy. And so the next scene we see, he's bandaging up Masaru's ankle and everything. And Dark and Orange Ant, though, are still tracking them down. And then kind of out of nowhere, I guess your favorite character, Justin, shows up in his full-on ninja garb, I'm assuming, because <laughs> I don't know what that was all about. He, yeah, I guess he used his ninja skills so great that we didn't know he was there the whole time or something, because Hattori Hanpei has also sort of been shadowing them this whole time. And I guess it's a matter of convenience, because now Kikaida can say, hey, you know, you look after the boy, and I'll go... I'll go kick these guys' ass. And then the other thing is they're now back on a suspension bridge for, like, you know, three seconds. But you start to wonder. You're like, hey, Justin, is that the same suspension bridge that we were talking about last week? I, you know, so. I, I don't think it is, but I know I've seen that suspension bridge in other episodes of Common Rider and Sentai. I, I made a note of that, but it's kind of – you know, it's a different one from the one in the first episode. I didn't notice that, though. The the other thing I was going to ask is, what what did you think about the big fight, the big showdown here, like this final fight between Kikaida and Orange Ant? Like, I, I was kind of like, it seemed like they were trying to 
do a live action version of like when two samurai warriors like jump into the air with their swords and they both do a pass at each other and then you know when one lands you know obviously you know one of them's the victor like the other guy gets cut in half or whatever but in this case it just seemed like they were doing lots of gymnastics and lots of flips and everything but i was like what's the point of the flip if you don't actually touch anybody it's like they're doing like some kind of synchronized olympic show for you or like Orange Ant and, and Kakaida are doing, like, mid-air flips, but I'm like, are they connecting? Is he actually, like, hitting Orange Ant? Like, I wasn't sure if that's what that was supposed to be or not. So. Yeah, it, it was kind of a, an awkward fight there at the end because you had Orange Ant, like, going underground and popping up, like, you know, a whack-a-mole, and Kakaida's listening for him, and then he just kind of flips around in the air a little bit. It was kind of a kind of a weird fight there. Yeah, I mean, he, he eventually he gets, like, stabbed in the knee or whatever, I think, with this missile, and then they're throwing missiles all over the place and everything. And then, you know, Kakaida just kind of unloads on him, where he does the double chop. He does this thing called the giant swing, which I assume is tantamount to Doctor Who's Aikido, Judo, whatever move. <laughs> and then he does, you know, the end, which, you know, of course, you know, destroys Orange Ant, and, and parts are flying all over the place. You mean you came here to fight? That's right, those are my orders. But I don't understand. I have no reason to want to fight with you. A reason? The only reason I need is Professor Gill's orders. I don't want to fight you. We were created by the same man. We're brothers. Is that right? Well, little brother, if that's the truth, then maybe you can tell me how many of our brothers you've already destroyed. I just wanted to mention that you you can also see Orange Ant in the anime in episode 4, which is titled Mirror. And for lack of a better term, Orange Ant does not have a human identity in the live-action toku, but he basically is disguised as Afro Samurai in the anime. And, you know, I guess the difference is, I guess, following orders in the anime is what ends up killing Orange Ant. Like, you know, Gil's orders are to sort of self-destruct. You know, like he's basically going to sort of let all the acid out of his body and sort of explode it on Kakaida or whatever. And of course that ends up, I guess, literally blowing up in his face and, and that doesn't work, but it kind of brings back that whole, you know, brothers thing again, you know, whether it's in the manga or the anime, you know, cause, cause in the, the manga, you know, they basically now, instead of Jiro just having that seed planted in his own mind about, you know, maybe they're brothers, like, in the anime and the manga, Orange Ant literally kind of calls him out about it. He kind of says, like, we are brothers, but not only are we brothers, but you're an evil son of a bitch. Because I, he's like, I'm just following my orders, but you're killing your own brothers, yeah. like, kind of thing. You know, and then, and then you know, Jiro, I guess, or Kakaida, you know, he's basically like, well, look, man, the Jiminy Circuit's telling me, you know, right from wrong. And, and you know, obviously to him, Orange Ant, you know doing all this stuff, you know, whether it's hoarding townspeople away or, you know, attacking little girls and their cats or, you know, whatever they're doing in the anime is wrong, you know, but in the meantime, Orange Ant's kind of like, well, how can I be evil? I'm just acting on my orders, you know, so it kind of brings up that whole philosophical debate. I guess, you know, ultimately in the the live-action TV show, you know, Yota is reunited with his mother and the townspeople are okay, except for that poor bastard who got napalmed all to (laughs) hell and the lighthouse keeper who got his whole stomach acided away. But other than that, all the other townspeople are okay. 
And then, of course, I guess Jiro learned from our complaints from last episode <laughs> <Yeah>. because <laughs> Mitsuko and Mitsaro are now riding in the sidecar this time, and they leave behind your favorite character, Hattori Hanpei. <laughs> you know, like, he's like, what What are you leaving me behind for? You know, so that that's basically how it ends. Like, I, I enjoy watching these episodes. I mean, I, I like talking about them, and, and I like, you know, seeing the differences between, you know, the manga and the anime and the, the live-action stuff. Do you have any last thoughts on Kikaida Episode 3? I don't think so. I mean... I enjoyed this episode too. I think I enjoyed the previous episode a little bit better. And you know, like I said, this one had some kind of the final battle between Orange Ant was kind of awkwardly staged, I guess. But it, it was an alright episode. Like I think I liked the first half before the commercial break better. With you know, even though it was brutal, like Orange Ant killing the lighthouse guy and you know attacking yeah, the villagers. Yeah. Like I liked that. And it seemed like it kind of I don't know maybe lost its way a little bit towards the, the last half. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I can see that, especially the way the the fight was choreographed and everything. I guess they were trying to go for uh, who's the who am I thinking of? Who's the Godzilla guy that goes underground or whatever? Is it Megalon? Oh yeah, 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 probably like Megalon, right? Where he he burrows underground and everything. So that's what Orange Ant reminded me of. I mean, other than that, I mean, it, it didn't seem like there was a really solid, satisfactory solution. You know, he just like you said, he just kind of puts his ear to the ground. You know, and then and then he gets stabbed anyway, and just does a bunch of super moves on him type thing. So, I think it might have been a little bit better if they had actually showed the dark destructoids taking townspeople and like putting them putting them in like some kind of facility where they're about to get experimented on or whatever. Because the way it's set up in the episode, it's like they take over this town. They're like, we're going to use you. We only want the smartest and the strongest, but they don't really. Didn't do much with them. It's like they've got this whole town, and then yeah, they don't they don't really actualize that yeah. threat. Yeah. I mean, even even though Kakaida shows up and he's dealing with Argent, you think like the other, you know, foot soldier guys could like take some town people and take them to a lab and you know do something with them. Yeah, I guess I guess that would be more of a moral dilemma because maybe you know if you have like townspeople that are all you know borged up or what have you, you know, then he might be like, oh well, I can't. I can't do uh, a judo chop or the electric end on these guys because they're they're townspeople. Like I need to figure out how to change them back or something. But I guess that never that that kind of moral dilemma is not something that he's he's faced with or anything in that episode. All right. Well, I guess this wraps up our latest episode of Toku Thursdays. If you like what you've heard, you can send us some emails at fanholspodcast@gmail.com. If you have any questions or comments, complaints, suggestions, you know, feel free to send out to the email. You can also see us on Blip TV. You can see us on Stitcher Radio or, or listen to us on Stitcher Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We've got Tumblrs with different Photoshops and pictures and stuff for you to check out. So please continue to listen. And for those who are always listening, thanks a lot. This is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. I am Justin Zero One. I, I have a new um, Pamela file, so uh, I guess we're, we're ready when everybody else is ready. Okay, I'll mute. Just, just let you know, Justin, before I go. 
I will find him. I will find him. 